I wonder if Rogan's ever had them on or anything. Because I know he does a lot yeah, of Yeah, he's had Jocko on. That's how yeah, I got on uh, okay. Jocko. Well, we're off. We're recording. And we got a new mic here, and it's picking up all our sounds. It's uh, the snowball. Uh, we, we upgraded. Bull Perceptions is moving up in the world. So now my voice won't be so much louder than everyone else's like it was before. But we got a, we got a cool guest here today. Um, I was actually visiting my alumni high school a couple weeks ago, and uh, a coach who used to be one of my roommates, and who was his head football coach in Mankato, Mark Esch, and we started talking, and I had heard about him, heard a lot of good things, and while I was talking to my former head coach in the office, Mark is now at Minnetonka, and we started chatting up, and we started talking about how Dave kind of made a joke, like, oh, he's got a book coming out, and I'm like, really? And I was like, I like that, because um, it, it reminded me of uh, Asanji Chopra, we had him on, and he said to me, we we're hanging out the whole day, everyone's got a book in them, because everyone's been through something unique, everyone knows someone, they know something, and anyone that wants to create and produce something, I have total respect for, so I'm like, Mark, we gotta talk some more, we gotta figure it out and, and get you on this podcast, so we started uh, communicating, sent me his manuscript, and now we're here, and this book, um, I'm very excited, I, I got the manuscript, it's long, so I skimmed over, I got the main points, but. I really wanted to take it in from you yourself on this podcast. And uh, this book, it's The Rise of the Warriors. It's about Caledonia football, Minnesota. They have the longest win streak in the nation right now. 60? 67 right now. 67, and they play for the championship on this Friday coming up, end of November. But um, it's about changing a toxic program into winners. Now, I mean, in, in developing that mindset, and I think it can relate to everything in life. Because the game of football is life. Mm. The same lessons and someone could take this in the business world to, to lead their team, to lead their business. They can take it in their own life and, and create the life they want to live. So Mark, I'm very excited to have you here today. We also have Jake again back. He's going to help out. It's and good to be here. It's good to be here. And um, let's get after this, man. Let's yeah. figure out how we can become winners. All right. Well, you want a little background on myself here? Fantastic. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in a small town just outside of Caledonia, uh, Brownsville, Minnesota, right on the Mississippi River, or River Rat, and was bused to Caledonia about 20 minutes every day to and from. And, uh, you know, a large part of the story I inject my own, my own personal life into of how I grew up during tough times. It, it kind of relates to the, the toxic culture that was Caledonia, which has changed, which we'll talk about that. But when I was growing up, it was fighting. Uh, kids in the fifth grade brought alcohol, um, alcohol into my life and made me kind of choose which direction I was going to go in fifth grade, yeah, you know, 10, 11 years old. And that was the alcohol was given to them. The stories in the book the get was given to them by their older brother who was yeah. a member of the football team. But I grew up there personally, uh, been a football coach at a variety of different locations. I graduated from the university of Wisconsin lacrosse. Went on to White Bear Lake High School, then University of South Dakota, um, then went into uh, Austin, Minnesota for three years, and then became the head football coach at Mankato West. Shout out Connor Watts. <laughs> you guys are champions. Yep. Two-time Con state champions. Two-time state championship. Connor Watts, who is uh, one of Nick's main men out in, in Adams. In the Rocky uh, Mountains. <laughs> yeah, he was on our 2014 state championship team. Great kid. He's a great story, too. Yeah. And um, and then took a year off, went to Prior Lake, was the offensive coordinator, and, and now at Minnetonka, Nick's old school, and that's how we kind of met each other. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, just to give a background here, 
I've heard a lot about you from Connor. I told you this, um, a lot of good stuff. So when I met you, I was really excited to, to hear from you. And yeah, 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 exceeded expectations when I met you. And then we started talking about this book. Now this Rise of the Warriors, and I love this. Our podcast is all about this positive energy and removing tox, toxicity, I can never say it, out of your life and, and, and creating and, and you know doing something, making a difference. And so let's, why? Why did you want to write this book? What inspiration came to you to, to share your story? Great question. So, you know, I, I've been talking about Caledonia football for a long time. That's my alma mater. That's where I grew up. Uh, uh, the current head football coach was my ninth grade football coach and my running back coach when I went through. And I look back, and we were just talking about this before the podcast started. You know, in the last 19 years, a program has produced two Navy SEALs, two NFL football players. Uh, you know, there's there's guys that, that work with NFL football players, train guys, um, and, and so many other things. And not only that, but great fathers and great husbands that are coming out of the program. You talk about any area of your life. Let's start with your personal life and, yep. and eliminate toxicity there. But I've, I was telling my wife, hey, i got to write a book about this. And she's like, well, you just got to do it. I mean, you got to stop talking about it. Yeah, it goes like back to, that. yeah, right? Like her, yeah. So, um, and, and during that time, obviously, they were winning a bunch of state championships. And the streak was just surfacing. But um, it, uh, she said, hey, you got to do this. So I sat down in March with Carl Frickty, the current head football coach and started talking about the way things were and the way things are. And uh, it's been about a nine-month process, a lot of interviews. Um, just, just, I've always been amazed, back to your original question, I've always been amazed it could go from what it was like when I was there to what it is now. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I'm a little bit jealous that it wasn't <laughs> like that when I was there. But then we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't have a story. Yep. Um, it was truly a, a hard place to grow up. There was fighting, there was drugs, there was alcohol, there was um, womanizing, there was hazing and bullying. It was either bully or be bullied. I was probably in you know, 15 to 20 fights by the time I graduated from high school. And it wasn't uncommon to have a fight or two uh, a week or sometimes daily. And it wasn't like you're going in planning fights and it wasn't like they were you know, knock, knock down drag out fights all the time. Sometimes you get punched in the face a couple times and that would end it. Nobody would know. The teachers wouldn't find out. We were all happy, except for the guy that got jacked in the face, and you kind of move on from there. Tell me, tell me why that was happening. Was there no masculine role models? Was there no, you know, winning? There's obviously no winning culture there. You know, mm-hmm. what the money was poor. Why do you think this root of yuck was going on? Well, it's the same people that live there today that lived there when I lived there. You know, the same type of people. And I think we can get into this with. You know, people complaining about millennials, people complaining about the way kids are nowadays. People complained about kids when I was in high school. It hasn't changed. That's a constant. And there's a quote, and I might butcher this, but um, and I forget who it's by, but greatness is not something that great leaders put into people. It's something that they draw out because the greatness is already within them. And why was it like that? You hit the nail on the head. There was not the the male role model that was going to follow through and say, this is the way you need to do it. And I call it toxic ma- masculinity. I don't like that word because people can take that and run with it. And, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, but but it, it, the way men were living, it was damaging to the culture. Young men, boys. And we were just modeling what we saw. 
And to me, I think a man is a dangerous thing. It's not, it's not women that go in and shoot up high schools. It's not women that go in and do all the things, the violent acts. It's men. And I feel like the state of manhood in our country is in a mess. And, and we need to, a story like this can hopefully change it for some people. It's too chaotic. Instead of channeling that masculinity and doing good stuff, mm-hmm. you know, it gets out of control, huh? Right. Is that what's going on? That's absolutely right. So... Uh, that's what was happening in Caledonia. That's absolutely what was happening. So I'll just give you an example, and this is from the book. We used to play tackle football in elementary school, and you know we'd go out, we'd get our energy out. As young boys, you need to do that stuff. I mean, it was no pad tackle football at recess, oh, yeah, and it was yeah. awesome. It was fun. Well, in sixth grade, a kid broke his collarbone. The administration takes it away. We can't play tackle football anymore. We would try to play touch and like, no, this isn't happening. We're not going to do this. So we, we, we started doing other stuff, but what followed was fighting. Most of the fights happened after that. We just had to find ways to get our energy out. I think it's, it's the same for every man in our society, some more than others. But football tends to attract what we refer to as the alpha male, right? Whether that's a true thing or not. But um, the, the physical type of male that really needs to go out there and have physical contact and, and get that physical energy out. And there's a variety of ways to do it that is not fighting. It's productive. Um, it's productive. That's not negative. Correct. It's destruction. Correct. You know, we get a lot of self-destruction, destructive behavior when men kind of go, you know, bonkers or let that, mm-hmm. that masculinity go nuts. So now tell me. How, how the hell is this, this program change? How do you do this toxicity to here? We're channeling this masculinity, right? Because that's the root of it, right? right. It's the that's root. Right. Okay, let's get into, you know, wh- how the change with Caledonia and then how we can take that lesson, you know, in our own lives or in, in different aspects. Well, it's a long story. We could probably be here for a long time. But I, I'll kind of start with this. A football coach came in by the name of Mark Fraling. Um, he most recently was a head football coach at Farmington High School. Still teaches there. He's retired from football. But he was my head football coach, and he came in and, and took a stand against what was going on. Now, in the book, I'll explain this, but he said he thought he would come in and say, hey, drugs are bad, so don't do them. And he thought the young boys would listen to him. That's, it's not that easy. And so, it's like the war on drugs. <laughs> yeah, Reagan, just, just don't, don't, do don't do it. Just don't do it. Just say no. <laughs> just say no. So he went through a learning process. The current head coach, Carl Frichty, was on his staff at that time. And Mark and Carl and the rest of that staff started to build relationships. I think that's the key to change as we go through this. You got to let people know you care about them. And, no, exactly. and a lot of men look at that and say, well, you know, they'll go into, they don't want to share their emotions and say they care about another man or I love you as a, as a, as a brother or whatever it might be. Um, that's what's needed. And that's, it's needed in our society today more than ever because from my understanding, I don't have the research on this, but the self-esteem of the average high school student is lower than it's Terrible. ever been. Terrible. That's a great point. Just the best coaches I've ever had, They, you want to not only win for yourself, not only for your teammates, but you wanted to win so badly for them because mm-hmm. they, they cared about you. And like that's, I mean, Dave's one of them. Dave Nelson, mm-hmm. you want to win for them. You don't want to disappoint them. And, mm-hmm. and that's, a, that's a big point, that relationship building. I like that a lot. Yep. So with the relationships, that's the key, the cornerstone to this whole thing. Kids started to feel cared for. And when I came through Kelvin High School, our class was labeled the worst class ever to come through the school. 
um, by some seasoned sixth grade teachers. I mean, some uh, Terry Mullins and Jeff Dolan who have seen it. Uh, they were seasoned, and they labeled us the worst class ever to come through. And we added some kids from the private school when we got to the, into the middle school, high school, and it got even worse for us. Uh, I mentioned the drinking started in fifth grade. Uh, it was rampant by the time we were in seventh grade. Most, most kids uh, drank every weekend, smoked every day, so got into marijuana. I want to get weed down to Little Caledonia, Minnesota. <laughs> hey, <laughs> it was there, and it, it had been there since the 80s. And the 80s guys were smoking weed before football games. Yeah, and that's in the book. Uh, so it it wasn't a, a huge stretch that it it just started getting younger and younger. And my class was the perfect class to take that. Uh, but but as we got older, Mark Fraling was that head coach, and Carl Fricky was our ninth grade coach. And those guys cared about us, and so we started to care. Yeah. And I always said, if you want kids or you want anybody to run through a wall for you, you got to be willing to run through a wall for, for them. That's a leader. And that's exactly what a leader is. A leader isn't somebody who sits up there and uses positional power to tell you what to do. A leader is, hey, I care about you. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do it together. I support you, all these things. You still hold people accountable. Oh, yeah. Because there's leaders that care so much that they don't hold people accountable, yeah. and there's people that just... Leaders that just hold people accountable, but they don't care. There's a balance in all that. Um, so Mark started to change it, and he kind of got it moving in the right direction and had some progress. We won a couple playoff games my senior year, which was the first time since uh, they won one playoff game in the 1980s, Kelvin football did. Yeah. And yeah. so it was the first, and I graduated in 95. So there was some progress there. And then Carl took over, Carl Fricke took over in 1997, and he's the, the agent of change. And one key point that I want everybody to listen. agent of change, I like that. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should write that yeah. in, type that in. Um, it took him 10 years to get to a prep bowl, you know, of, of working his butt off. He saw initial success right away. They got better as a football program, but it wasn't until, you know, 2007 that they won their first state championship and now you go from 2007 to 2019 as of right now they've won nine of the last 13 they have the longest winning streak in the nation produced the two navy seals the two nfl football players and they're producing champions on and off the field all around that's like that graph of like success where it's just that hard thing and all of a sudden it's exponential just yeah. bang and, and and blows up because he built the foundation right he built the pieces um that's very uh that is very interesting. So the agent of change. Now, what is so special about Mark or no, Carl. Carl? Carl. Carl's the man. Well, you want to add something here? First no. of all, first of all, uh, we go back to relationships. He cares about kids, and he shows that by action. Action. He takes. If you're not, if you're eating pop tarts for breakfast, you're invited over to his house to eat a real breakfast. He's going to be there at 6:30 a.m. every day to open the weight room for you or put you through a speed workout. You have two kids call Carl and say, "Hey, we want to get a speed workout in," and he'll go and open high school, you know, in a small town. He'll just drive up, open high school, put you through a speed workout, and they're as fast as any program in the state of Minnesota, speed-wise. And so, first was caring, but then even deeper. And this is part of the second portion of the book. I go through the attributes that make Caledonia football great. And the first one is know why you are here. Know why you are here. And Carl's vision is to create tougher, stronger men 
in his in their community that are going to be great husbands and great fathers. That's his vision. So you don't have to go out and be a Navy SEAL to make Carl freaking mm-hmm. proud. You can be a great dad and a great father, and you're making Carl proud, and you want to make him proud like your whole life. Mm-hmm. Like he coached me when I was in high school. I still like it when he you know said, "Hey, Mark, you're doing a great job." whether it's in coaching or something else in life. So I think that's number one. That's his vision. He knows why he's doing it. And if you asked him, winning a state championship is a byproduct of the relationships and caring for the kids. How did uh, he go about kind of filtering out that alcohol and drug culture within Caledonia? What was his process of trying to get that out of the culture? So it was a long process. And the first first thing he did is he started talking about it. He shared, he preached. I say he preached. You know, it was nonstop, right? But we know that words only go so far. So Carl would use examples. He would tell stories. Um, there's a great book. It's called Legacy. It's about the all-black rugby team. It says one of the best ways to build character, culture of character, is to share stories and to share life experiences. Yeah. When you heard Dave Nelson tell you an experience from his life, you were like, wow, that's awesome. Coach has shared an experience with me. Persuasion, that, that's the best way to sell things to and and uh, to make someone learn and uh, understand it better is through stories because you can relate so much to it. And you, if you just show someone a book that says one plus one, I mean, it's a story that's like, oh, so that happened that way. Storytelling is the number one skill set. I mean, it's huge. Right. So it's it's sharing stories from your personal life. It's reading a good book and, and highlighting the parts. Maybe you're sharing a story about a great coach. And that drives the point home about drugs and alcohol or just doing the right things in general. And the kids start to draw the parallels. And then they give it up and they start to see progress. And when they start to see progress, they're like, coach is right. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of a snowball effect. And that's certainly how Carl did it. Um, there were times where he felt like he was beating his head against the wall. I know that for a fact. I mean, we're good friends now. He was a groomsman in my wedding, and we've known each other very well for a long time. I know for a fact, and I know for a fact from my own personal experience, being head coach for 11 years, there were times I drove home from football practice probably once a week thinking, what the heck am I doing? You know, <laughs> this is hard. Um, am I going to make change? Am I doing the right things? That's a, I was wondering about that. So Carl, when you had to build this thing, because it wasn't just success out the gate, right? And what about the community that still had some of that toxic elements where they just bashing them and, and trying to go against the guy that's trying to change? Because that's what happens when anyone goes against the grain, anyone wants to change something, mm-hmm. people want to stay in their comfort zone. They want to stay over here and they're afraid of the change. Did Carl uh, go through a lot of that? Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great point that you bring up. Uh, when he took over, one of the leaders in the community said, this is the worst hire ever. He since admitted that he's wrong, and I don't know who this person is. Oh, I'll give him uh, credit for admitting it. Yeah, absolutely. Some humility there. And um, Carl was under attack in the community. He didn't really know it, but he didn't really care. If you know Carl, he didn't get, really give a rip about what other people think about him. No, he's doing the right thing. I'm right? doing the right thing. I'm going this way. And he's learned that from his dad. You know, his dad taught him, and everybody learns from different people. And Carl is a book connoisseur. He, you go into his office or you go into his basement and there's books, all thousands of books. So I feel like, and that's another attribute, is become a better person, become a better you. And that's one of the ways to do it is to study, listen to podcasts, listen to um, you know, audio or audio books or read books. I'm tangenting there. What was your original question? About him getting attacked by all the people, oh, yeah. the, all the talkers while he's trying to do something. One of the community members came up to him and said, Hey, Carl, I just want you to know I have your back. 
And Carl's like, I don't. <laughs> why do you have my back? Well, people, you know, Carl came in and made football a priority. And the community members were like, there's more to life than football. Our kids got to have jobs. You know, Caledonia's a working class community, which is awesome. They're the backbone of our country, communities like that. And so they were like, you're putting too much emphasis on football. And they're like, we need to get rid of this guy. He's not the guy for us. Well, once again, he's just straight ahead, tunnel vision. He did what he did. He, he captured the hearts of the players, the relationships, and he moved forward. And it wasn't always easy, but he dug himself out of it. That's uh, you, you started mentioning it, that, oh, why is he focusing so much on football or working class? And there's more to life. Football teaches boys how to become men, how to become successful in life. And like Carl doing, doing, you can make him proud by being a good father. Mm-hmm. Know what I mean, that's what football teaches you. That's why it's so special to our American culture because it's working with the team, it's taking authority, it's going through adversity, persevering. There's so many important aspects you learn in football that relate directly to success in life. Right, absolutely. And to piggyback on that before I forget, I just strongly feel like if Every football, high school football program had a culture like Caledonia and had a, a man like Carl Fritty leading it, we'd have a totally different country. 100%. 100%. We, we were chatting about this. The football program in a city, even high school football, makes a huge difference to the city. You know, if they feel like winners, I mean, it's the youth. They're growing mm-hmm. up, making a, a good, positive. Because here's the thing like we talked about. These kids don't know nothing. It's on the adults to be accountable to make sure they're growing up good and, and getting them right. Mm-hmm. And uh, But the... the Football program to a city is, I mean, one of the most important things for a city. Right. I mean. Well, and here's evidence. The football program started the change, and it spilled into other sports. Uh, basketball, boys and girls basketball, girls volleyball. It spilled into the school itself. They're, I think they're the 16th, uh, 16th best school in the state of Minnesota now. That's an unheard of in you know, a small town, uh, Minnesota. It spilled over into the community. So the community was hard-headed, you know, at that time. I'm not saying everybody who lived in Caledonia was hard-headed yeah. back in the day. So don't take me the wrong way if you're listening in Caledonia. But, but there was some of that. And uh, it's, it's totally changed. The football program and culture is to- totally spilled into the city. And it's a source of pride for the city as well. You know, everybody's, everybody's talking about Caledonia football right now. It's amazing. That winning culture, that winning mindset, it goes into the whole city, and I, I love it. It's amazing. Because I've been in cities that are winners, and I've been in cities that, you know, losing football teams. There's a difference, and it's crazy. You, you don't think so, but it's, it's like a micro-macro thing that it, it, um, it puts its fangs into everything else in the city. Mm-hmm. It's wild. But, hey, let's go back to those. There's three points. Um, your why. Mm-hmm. you got to know your why. Mm-hmm. And this... Uh, what are the other points you're talking about? So there's actually uh, eight attributes that I touch on. Um, so the next one is, and I kind of use this in in, the, in terms of Kelderney football, so it's kind of catchy, I, I hope. It's it's titled, You Will Quit Before We Do, We Guarantee It. Because when you go to a Kelderney football game and you watch, there's no way those kids are ever going to quit. I mean, they're going to, like we talked about, they're going to run through a wall for Caledonia. So I feel like you pair that with number one, know why you're here. And once you know why you're doing what you're doing, decide that you're just never, ever going to give up. And I think as I look around society, I think it's easy to quit. Yep. And it's, it's, there's easy outs. And, hey, I'm going to do this until it gets hard. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give up because it's too hard. 
And there's a there's almost a, a belief out there. Maybe it's a social media thing that nobody goes through hard times, yeah. and you know everybody posts posts their highlight yeah. reels on Facebook, um, and that's absolutely not true. I mean. Carl Frichty battles those demons. I battle those. Um, I opened the book that I had about a depression in high school. And everybody goes through down times. And everybody questions if they're doing the right thing. So when that happens, just decide that you're never going to quit. Yep. As long as it's important to you. As long as that yeah, why is a good why. It has to be a good why. It has to be a good why. How do you instill that into the players then? Well, I think it goes back to relationship. Yep. And then uh, sharing why we're here. And you might ask a football player on the Caledonia team right now, and they're going to tell you, hey, we want to learn the lessons that Carl Frichty brings to the table. It's probably not going to be those exact words. Do they want to win a state championship? Absolutely, right? Everybody wants to. We're in this thing to win. Uh, nobody wants to lose. Play to win. Yeah. But these kids know that there's more to it than the winning. And they know that there's a man and a coaching staff. I don't want to leave the coaching staff out. Um, Ernie Hodges in the weight room, Brent Schrader, the defensive coordinator. So many coaches that are behind them and have their back. And like Zach Grant talked about in, in the book, he's a former Navy SEAL. He said, there's no way I was going to ring that bell and then call Carl Frichty and Ernie Hodges and tell him I quit. Oh. I thought that was so powerful. I just got chills when he told me that. And it was his family too, of course. It was something that he really wanted to do. But I think it just gets soaked in to the culture yeah. as a byproduct. Don't want to disappoint the guy. Now, he's giving you so much. He cares for you. He's showing he cares. He's giving to you, and you can't quit on him. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's a good they, – they believe in the message. They believe it's the right thing. Mm -hmm. And then you can't quit on him. You know I mean, I like that. So you know your why. You know it's good. Then don't quit on it. Number three? It's do hard things, get uncomfortable, and be uncommon. Kind of tied into the third. They're all interchangeable. Um, but Carl constantly preaches be uncommon. I like to say do hard things. Uh, I think it's we're a comfort society. So, you know, we're going to stare at our cell phones. We're going to get through the day of work. We make just enough to pay the bills. And then we're going to go home, dial up the Amazon series. We're going to do that every evening, have a glass of wine, and we're going to relax. We're going to take it easy. Where to me, like we talked about before we started, everybody's got a book in them. Mm -hmm. Everybody has greater things than going home and watching the... And I, there's nothing against that. At certain times, my wife and I will dial up an Amazon series. But it, I feel like it's after the work's done and, and I have some time to relax. You know, like a Friday night or Saturday night. Don't get caught up in the easy things and the comfort. And I, in the book, I tell a story. Carl doesn't have air conditioning. He has an old school cell phone, you know, all those things. So I kind of draw the picture there. But get uncomfortable. Don't do the things everybody else is doing. And people just need to understand that it's going to be difficult and go back to don't quit. And But just step out. Do that thing that you want to do. Write that book. Take that class. Um, you know, start that small business on the side. Do whatever you need to do. And it's going to add value to your life. And the thing is, if you do it and then you slow down and you quit, that's going to erode your self-esteem. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to do it, decide to do it and go. Exactly. You know, one thing for me, I like to throw this out there. I think you have to have a physical challenge in life as well. Something that you challenge yourself with physically, whether it's a weight room or running a marathon or half marathon. My most recent one is training jujitsu. Um, you know, I got that from Rogan and Jocko. 
And uh, man, that's something where you go on a mat, just a shout out to Alliance Jiu Jitsu in, in Edina. Uh, they do a great job. And you go there and you just get after it with other guys. You know, it's submission wrestling. For those of you who don't know, you don't get punched in the face, which is nice. <laughs> it's not MMA. But um, you just get get beat up physically when you start this. And it's a great challenge. Um, that was That's what it was for me. Not everybody's going to go train jiu-jitsu for their physical challenge. Maybe it's getting out and walking a couple miles a day. But I think that's so important in life. A hundred percent. Talk about it all the time on this podcast. And you really find out when you're traveling is the best things, the most fulfilling things, how you become happy is you get the hell out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, you start waiting away. You know, the days turn into weeks, weeks turn into months, and there's no life. And, and getting out of that comfort zone is fulfillment. And it makes you, mm -hmm. even if you fail, you learn. I, even if you fail, you learn. But um, I also like your points about challenging yourself. And I've heard this before. Challenge yourself in a physical thing, mm -hmm. mental thing, and spiritual thing. And that's how you, if you keep those three things, keep challenging yourself with that, it's, it's like I said, fulfilling. It's not the instant gratification of looking on your phone and, and watching Netflix 24-7, but it's, it's long-term you know, feeling good about yourself because you're building, you're creating. And that's what I love about you I wanted you to have on here. You're, you're not an author. You weren't an author, and now you decided you're just going to write a book. You're getting out of your comfort zone, so you're actually you know, doing what you're preaching. You know, you're not, not a fraud. And I want to talk about this part right here about people are like, what are you doing? I mean, your wife, good, you have a good wife. She pushed you to mm -hmm. do it. Yeah. But I mean, other people are like, you can't write or why are you even doing that? Has, have you gotten some of that criticism? Yeah. So uh, first of all, shout out to my wife, Sarah. She's awesome. And she's this type of person too. She's going to step out of her comfort. We're on the same wavelength with all this stuff. And so that's huge support. So the surprising thing when you tell somebody you're writing a book, you kind of get that feeling like they look at you and say, oh, yeah. 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 Oh, you're so special. Yeah, yeah you can write a book. Sure yeah. You are. Yeah. Or, or that self, they have that doubt inherently inside of them where, oh, yeah, you're writing a book. Yeah. Yeah. Like five people are going to buy it and read it. Okay, you know. Mm -hmm. And I have a bigger vision, whether it's true or not. Uh, I have a vision that a million people are going to want to read this book. And you know what? If I fall short, um, I'm going to aim for a million, yep. right? If you aim for a million, and maybe you hit 500,000, that's pretty darn good. Yeah. Maybe you hit 100,000, that's yeah. awesome too. Yeah. Um, and, and that's kind of always been the way I've thought. I remember in eighth grade, just in the back of the car, my dad was, my mom and dad were in front, and I, I had this epiphany. I looked at my dad, who was driving, and I said, you know what, I think if you work harder than everybody else, you can be so much more successful in life than the average person. He looked at me and he just kind of smiled. And he said, "Absolutely," you know. He's probably happy that his eighth grade son had this epiphany, yeah. and that's kind of been my driving force my entire life. I'm just going to go out there and go to work, and so if I have an idea, I'm going to act on it. I'm going to do it. it. Might take me a little while. I might talk about it for a while. It might slap me in the face. Hey, let's go. Let's be a person of action and get this done. So mission, connect the doers, full <laughs> perceptions. But I love that. It's. It's action, man. And then like you said too, I love that anyone who's ever done anything, they always say, I wish I would have thought I could do more. I wish I would have believed I did more. Because like, if you can't believe you can do it, it it's not possible. Mm -hmm. You got to believe you can hit the stars. You got to believe all that. So I love that. Number four? Number four, and these are kind of blended together because I didn't want to get a huge list. But number four is humility, sacrifice, and service. So humility, sacrifice, and service, I, I think they parallel each other. But I think... They're three of the most important qualities of any leader. I think humility is probably number one. 
Because if you're a leader and you're not humble, if you, you don't carry yourself with humility, you're never going to learn, or you're at least never going to learn the way that you should learn. Uh, if I walk in as a football coach and say, this is the way we're going to do it, I don't want to hear anybody else's opinion, and that's it. I mean, we wouldn't have won the games we won at Mankato West. I, w- I felt like it was always, bring me your ideas, whether I feel like they're good or bad. I'm never going to embarrass you for bringing me an idea. I might say no, but I wanted that environment where everybody was comfortable bringing ideas. I, I think that. that's humility. And Carl Frichty is the same way. I mean, I think it was his very first game at head, as head coach. I drove over and I watched. They were playing La Crescent High School. And this, this may or may not have been the first game. But he put me in the booth. I wasn't even on the staff. He put me up in the press box and said, if you see anything, let me know. I'm this, like, 20-year-old kid in the press <laughs> box. And at halftime, I'm giving him advice, and he's listening to me. And I think that's so important. I mean, and you look at our politicians right now and the way the world's ran, and we completely lack humility. And that's why we can't get anything done. Like, it's, I don't want to get political here, but uh, we just can't get anything done. And rarely do we do the right thing. And so humility to me is a huge attribute of a leader. I got a thing on that. Yeah, the my way or the highway thing, especially dealing with high school football, these kids want to rebel against mm-hmm. things. And if you're going to say, hey, boom, boom, do this, like me, I'm a flamethrower. If someone did that to me, it was people dunked to me and it didn't work yeah. out good. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, then I, like I said, you know, I transferred to Minnetonka and Dave Nelson, like I said, he was, okay, Nick, tell me why you, we'd like to do that. Or mm-hmm. I'm, I'm listening to you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, he's listening to me. It's not just like, hey, fuck you, you're stupid. <laughs> you know I mean? like, it's not like that. And uh, then you respect him. You're like, oh, maybe you are right. Yeah, I'm going to do what you did say. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like that a lot because a lot of people, and usually the people who are my way or the highway are the most insecure people. Yeah, And right. they're not really about it. They don't know what they're doing, so they got to act tough. Right. They got to say, you know, and uh, that's good. That's Humility. Awesome you always got to keep learning. Always got to keep learning. Yep. I agree. That's an awesome point. I totally agree. Those people who are my way or the highway. 100% insecure. It's like a red flag. And Carl will even go as far as it's fourth and one in a huge game in a state championship. He'll look at us in the huddle and say, do you guys want to go for it or do you want to punt? And they always, they're high school kids. What would you say? <laughs> go for Let's it. freaking go for it. So they would go for it. And there's a story in the book about that too. But I think sacrifice as well. Sacrifice is being the piece of putting yourself out there. Uh, I'm going to give up this, this certain thing to get a, a benefit like with my class the story that started happening I'm gonna give up drinking not me personally but a lot of the guys in my class they were drinking that senior year of football I'm gonna give that up to get a better chance of winning that's when sacrifice started brewing in Caledonia and so now you got kids who won't even drink soda in Caledonia during the football season they're, they're sacrificing because of what Carl sacrifices for them. He's giving them their, his time. He's getting them in the school van. He's taking them to universities for speed programs or camps. Carl, you know, you went to football camps when you were in high school, I'm sure. You know, Carl will drive you to the camp and spend the, spend the weekend there with you. Wow. You know, he was there with Carl Klug, who ended up in the NFL. Carl went to a camp at the University of Iowa. And he was coaching them up. Hey, they're going to run sprints here. Run as fast as you can. And then you got a 220-pound kid outrunning everybody. And he gets pulled out of the sprints because Carl Frichty coached him up. And they're going to talk to him about offering scholarship. You know, he was there to coach, to coach that kid up. So the sacrifice that Carl has just within the organization. And then the service. Carl preaches serve others. 
And I think that's the best way to self-fulfillment is I firmly believe that everybody in this world, everybody listening right now has a gift that they can offer to the world. Not only do you got a book inside of you, you have a, uh, a purpose or some quality that you can put out there in the form of service that's going to be fulfilling to you. And it might not make you a million dollars. So let's get off that right now. It might not make you a million dollars. It might not make you rich. It might not make you famous, but it's going to fulfill you. Um, sacrifice point, instant gratification, um, or long-term satisfaction. That's what it comes down to. If you can sacrifice that, that fast food right now, you're probably going to feel better for the week. And that's the same message here. You know, Cut the drinking out, and let's go win a state championship. Right. We'll remember for the rest of our life. Right. We can go to the bar, local bar, bar 50, and drink to that. <laughs> you know what we did. But, right. um, and then the next point is, we talk about it all the time, is the more you give, the more you receive. You know, it comes back to you tenfold if you're not trying to get something back. Right. You got to just do it selfishly and just say, hey, I'm giving. I'm giving. And then there, there's a way that you, you said it might not be money, might not be this, but a relationship or something. It comes back to you. Do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So the next one, number five, is dream big. And in the book, it's, it's dream big. Believe Caledonia kids can accomplish great things. And this stems back to Carl's dad, Al, as well. When Carl was a kid, his dad would say, Caledonia kids are just as good as any other kids in our country. And that was instilled in Carl. When Carl went through the football program in the 80s, they were told they're not going to amount to anything. That was kind of the theme in the football program. Well, that's a great thing to tell your, the kids in your football program, right? You're not going to amount to anything. And uh, so Carl changed that. And the story that I share in the book he throws a newspaper down in front of Carl Klug, who ended up in the NFL. And it was an article of Chad Greenway, who played at the University of Iowa. That's Nine-man where, football? Yeah, that's where Carl Klug was going. And uh, we got a lot of Carls going here. But Carl Fricke, the head coach, told Carl Klug, the future NFLer, that this could be you someday. And Carl and Kevin Klug were identical twins. And they were going to just go to electrician school and start their own business. You know, Klug Electric or whatever it might have been called. But Carl Klug ends up in the NFL. Kevin Klug ends up running his own fitness business in Nashville, right next to his brother, Klug Fitness. They're both successful. And they both recalled that day when Carl Frichty threw that article down in front of him and said, you, this could be you. And he cast that vision into every one of the kids that go through the program. So I can't begin to describe the kids who have gone on and been successful in so many areas of life, outside of Caledonia, inside of Caledonia, whatever it might be, because they get this vision from Carl Frichty that, hey, I can do this, and this guy believes in me. They say if you can envision in your head, you can hold it in your hand. But um, I know you were talking about humility and the political situation. The certain man in the office, that's his big thing, that think big no matter what. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, you can say what you want about him, but the story is crazy about how he became a president mm-hmm. with no political experience. But anyone who's ever done anything – it's because they thought they could do it in the right, first place. Right. And then you take action and you make things happen. Okay, next point. So number six is work harder on yourself than anyone else. And character is king. So by working hard on yourself, it doesn't mean go get the six-pack abs. or Maybe that's your physical goal, right? But not selfishly work hard on yourself. Work hard on yourself so you have something to give back. And we already kind of touched on this. Read the books. Listen to the podcasts. Put good stuff into your mind. And like you mentioned, Nick, physically, emotion, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, challenge yourself and find yourself a better person tomorrow than you were today. 
And I feel like this, like when I was coaching at Mankato West, I just started to read a bunch of books. And they might have been business books. They might have been one of my favorites is uh, Andy Andrews, The Traveler's Gift. And before I knew it, all this stuff was in my brain and became random access memory that I could share in any given situation with a kid one-on-one, with our team, uh, with our staff. And I could draw on the stuff that I was reading and listening to and just draw on it at the right time to add wisdom to any situation. So putting that into your, your mind and into your soul is very important. Yeah, 100%. Um, and it was you did something with it because a lot of people, they listen to the podcast, they read the books, but they get the analysis by paralysis. They don't do nothing with it. Mm-hmm. You were allowed to you know give your wisdom to the kids below here, but that's a big thing because you can read it and do all you want, but you got to take some freaking action with it. Right. You can know everything in the world and still be a hermit doing nothing, sharing your gifts, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, moving on, number seven. Uh, everybody asks Caledonia, why, why the brotherhood? If you, you watch this team play, it's like they're brothers. And how do you get to that point? So in my interview with Coach Frickty, um, he described work ethic, discipline, and fun. So that leads to the brotherhood. So getting up early in the morning and going through the workouts with the guy next to you, you got to rely on that guy for energy. That creates a brotherhood. Like we talk about the SEAL brotherhood. Yep. You know, they go through hell, hell week, literally, and that's what draws the bond. So Carl puts his team through, you know, those workouts. And he's not out there running gassers. He's a, he, they train speed. It's not, it's not like I used to run until I puked, you know, that type of thing. Um, but taking them to team camps where they're taking – Kelvinia opts up to play the larger schools at a team camp out in Sioux Falls at Augustana. And they put themselves in difficult situations. And, um, you know, that discipline. And then having fun. Even though Carl is a guy who's going to hold you accountable, Carl Frichty. And this book all comes back to Carl Frichty, if you guys haven't realized that. <laughs> he, and I say in the book, he is Caledonia football, and he's not perfect. Um, he does make mistakes. But he is a fun guy to be around. He's going to hold you accountable. He's going to chew your butt sometimes. I've always felt like the guy's... You chew my butt, and I know they care about me. I'll take it. Yep. If you're going to chew my butt, and I think you're in it for yourself, that's going to rub me the wrong way. 100%. And um, Carl gets that kind of license to to be hard on these kids because he'll be chewing your butt for one minute, then the next minute he's joking around with you and having fun and asking you how you're doing and all this stuff. So once again, you're going full circle here, back to relationships. Yep. All these are kind of intertwined. Yeah, and then having that relationship being held accountable, it makes you actually want to get up and do the work too. Mm-hmm. And then if you are starting to slack, you have that person right there. You, you don't want to let them down. Yeah, and your exactly. roommate, you're waking up to go to morning workouts with. I mean, then the team's probably got to run, but that's that's big. And then I like the fun part because every I played a lot of different sports at a lot mm-hmm. of different levels, and the coaches. I mean, it's like work it's your life you know you gotta have fun with it mm-hmm. and we're, we're ticking away or we're gonna die someday so you gotta have some fun with it otherwise why are you doing it right you gotta enjoy it absolutely yeah so the last one number eight is just kind of a i guess uh, an, an analogy is use this stuff in life so carl teaches these things and there's more that he teaches but you know these are the main points and and then He's adamant. You're going to use this stuff in life someday. Nick, just like you're talking about, you know, so much of what you learn in football, you can go out and use in the real world, whether it's just the grind or getting up after you get knocked down. Not so much physically like we did when we played football, but mentally, emotionally. 
And I always thought, and you played quarterback, I always thought the number one quality of any any quarterback is mental emotional toughness. Oh, yeah. You see those guys in the NFL, they're tough, tough dudes. Most of them are. And especially the high achievers. They have to be. And so Carl Frichty's point is everything we teach you here, go and use in your life. And I think it's just a, these kids go out and they want to make him proud. And his, his priority is... And he just stated this in a post-game press conference, is they put God first, they put family second, they put academics number three, and then activities four. He doesn't even use the word football because some of his best players, football's their second favorite sport. They're, they love basketball, and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. And he sends that message. Um, so I think it all, it's all as well based on Carl's Christian faith. He's a strong believer, and um, he uses that with the kids, and, and it just all ties together. I might need a Caledonia jersey. <laughs> this guy, Carl. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. That's the eight points. I'm, uh, I'm really excited to get this copy. I'm going to get you signed. I'm going to have it signed and everything, and it's neat. But uh, So as we can as conclude this podcast, uh, everything we've talked about, for the listeners listening right now, what can they take from your book, from your message, and apply it to their lives right now? Top things. Well, I think wherever you're at in your life, you have a struggle, whether it's your marriage, whether you're parenting middle school or high school kids or or whatever it might be, or at a job, or maybe you're a coach and you're listening. I think the number one thing is go back, spend some time, and quietly reflect and come up with the purpose statement. Come up, and I hear heard this all the time, and I'm like, purpose statement. The first few years of my life, I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm not going to do that. That doesn't make sense. But... Decide why you're here. Why are you here at this point in your marriage? Is it something you want to fight for? Uh, decide why you're here at this point in your career. Is this something I want to do? Am I making a difference? And then once you decide and put that down on paper, or at least have it in your heart and your mind, then decide you're not going to quit and get into the rest of those attributes that we just talked about. And you can apply these to any area of your life. And no matter what struggle you're in, maybe you're struggling with drugs and alcohol right now. What's the, why, what's the reason I want to get off of this stuff? Why do I want to beat this depression? Why, would, why do I want to get this promotion? And then decide you're never going to quit. That's number two. And then go right down the list and, and just apply this to your life and do it 100%. There's no room for, for this is your life, ladies and gentlemen, right? This is your life. You don't get a rewind button. You don't get a retake. So apply this stuff to your life and find the fulfillment that you're looking for and find your purpose because it's there in every one of us. I always share this with my students, whether it's at Minnetonka High School or any school I've been at the first day. Everybody here has something that they can contribute to society in a positive way and make other people's lives better and it's going to fulfill you in the process. And sometimes it takes till you're 45, 50 years old to find that, maybe even longer, but don't stop and get after it. So... That was good. Yeah, <laughs> really good. That was good. All right, let's get some marketing in here, man. So um, they're playing this Friday. Yep. And you want to coincide the release with the, the game? or? Yeah, so the, re- the release of the book will be shortly after the game. Uh, we're in our final editing stages. We're cutting it close. It won't be, it won't be like the minute the game ends. And Carl asked us not to release it till after the season was over anyway. Um, but you're going to be able to purchase this book on Amazon. 
and we're publishing through Amazon. We'll give a shout out to Amazon like they need it, right? <laughs> uh, you'll be able to purchase this on Amazon. You can you can type in my name, Mark Esch, E-S-C-H is how you spell the last name, Rise of the Warriors, and uh, you're getting a, a uh, kind of a sneak preview to, to what's gonna happen. You can follow me on Twitter, at Eshmark. You can find me on Facebook. You can email me. It's just coachesh at gmail.com. If you have questions, uh, I tend to enjoy speaking as well. So if somebody wants to, to bring me in and talk about this stuff, I'd be more than happy to do it. And, um, you know, I just look forward to this book coming out and and just sharing more and more about it because there's way more, obviously, than we can get out on a one-hour podcast. 100%. And uh, a main thing with our podcast we're doing is creating a community and we're, we're creating these win-win relationships and connecting the doers and how do we take this podcast and affect lives in the real world and we asked our guests and we asked our listeners what can they offer to our community absolutely well number one would be the book yeah. um, as we talked about spend more time creating a better you than uh, than doing all the other stuff that's distracting to you and then uh, from a Go ahead. Nick. Would you reach out to some of our listeners if they want to talk to you one on one or? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the ways you can contact me on Facebook, just we'll Mark get that Esch, all up. Okay, and then the Twitter, the the email, uh, coachesh at gmail.com. If you want to reach out, you you have questions. If you want to talk one on one, absolutely, I'm more than happy to do that. Um, you know, I can't come here and talk about all this stuff and then not put them into practice. Yeah. Like, be a hypocritical, right? Yeah, that's not me. I want to help people. And I firmly believe that if you help people, it's going to come back to you. We recently had a life event where we lost a large portion of, we had a, we were self-employed. We lost a huge amount of money um, in May. And some of those relationships came back for us. And when we were in a financial struggle, they blessed us. And we had no intention at the time when we invested in those relationships to have it come back and bless us five, ten years later in, in our life. But they did. So I'm going to invest in as many people as I can. Now, my family takes priority, of course. You're never going to leave your family behind. I think that's another point. Let's not leave our family behind in, in the pursuit of our purpose or our pursuit of greatness. Um, you gotta if, if you can't hold your, your home life together, but you're making a million dollars as a businessman, are you truly successful? That's something you got to ask yourself. Happy, fulfilled. Yeah, absolutely. No, awesome. I appreciate that. Um, I appreciate you coming on. I've heard a lot about you over the years, and it was good to, to sit down. And, and um, like I said, you ex exceeded expectations, and there's a reason why you won two state championships. There's a reason you got to help out Minnetonka because you struggled <laughs> this year. And, and, but I'm, I just love people that do stuff, and I love people that um, get out of their comfort zone, make a freaking book. And now this book, you know, I'm, I'm very excited to read it. These principles are huge, and, and I hope it, it shoots the stars and it blows up. And you were on our podcast, right? So, you guys, don't forget about <laughs> there you this. Go. That's right. Don't forget about this. But um, any final uh, words, uh, Mark? You know, not really. I just, just want to emphasize to people out there, there's something out there for you. There's, there's a purpose for you. And no matter where you're at, just go to work and uh, make your life better. Be a doer. Be a doer, baby. <laughs> Till next time.